Hi, I'm Rachel Cook. I'm Corey Santiago, and this is Delete Delete If Not Not Allowed. Okay, so it's recording now. We're rolling. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're so weird. This is this is the first podcast of Delete, if not allowed. It is a mom cast, if you will. It's not copyrighted, right? Maybe let's like maybe let's not use Momcast because we were gonna use Momcast, but we fi- figured out that it was actually the name. Okay. So we just call it a podcast. Okay. Welcome everyone to our podcast. Um Delete If Not Allowed. Your favorite mom group. And um for those of you who might be unfamiliar with the the phrase delete if not allowed. Um, those of us who became parents in the age of COVID relied heavily on the online mom group community and a very common posting, a preface, if you will, <laughs> before postings is delete if not allowed um, to somewhat uh, signal to the moderators of the online mom group that the post uh, is about to be absolutely unhinged right (laughs) or or just nervous that the content uh (laughs) there are so many rules nobody tells you when you join these mom groups what the rules are like it could be very scary and like i think definitely like an echo chamber for some things um and that's like a very intimidating space but that's all we had yeah no and it's i mean the, the virtual mom group is a place you go uh, for help and end up <laughs> thinking everything you're doing is wrong. Like, I didn't even know I should be worried about things until I started reading about them. And again, the delete of not allowed, it's like people being like, I'm going to censor myself. Like, sorry if this is too much, but my child is bleeding, like, you know, ex- you know, from all of their ears. And my I child know. fell off the counter and all of their teeth fell out. Should I take them to the doctor? Delete them. That's what comes right. up. And then you get like a million people being like, you are the worst mother in the world for not going to the emergency right room right now. Or you should have known, just stick all their teeth back in. That's what you're supposed to do. And exactly. it's like, no, I don't. Like know. home remedies, like don't call the doctor. Western medicine is a scam. Like, You'll just get the full range, but pretty much you can always be assured that whatever you're doing is wrong. Always wrong. And we know that what we're doing is probably wrong half the time, but we're winging it. And that's, I think, online, there's either, like, toxic positivity, like, motherhood is great, we're going to reclaim this space, da-da-da-da, like, I have all the help I need, (laughs) everything is fine. Or it's like everything is shitty and this is terrible. And like being a mom is hard and it's awful. Like there's no space in between where it's like, yeah, sometimes it's shit, but sometimes it's actually pretty great. And like that's okay that it's both at the same time. You're allowed to feel both at the same time. For me, there's no space like that. Or like there's no person who's talking that doesn't have like 
I've never gotten through a whole mom podcast because something always is like super privileged about the mom when I'm listening to them. They're like, oh, yeah, the nanny has the kids right now. Cannot relate. So I think we're trying to make a space that's a little more realistic, but still like safe to talk about instead of heading to the mom group and getting some chaotic advice or no advice at all and getting blamed. Like it's just like you're chatting with your friends about what you should do. Yeah. And like, you know, I think the thing we need to normalize is like it's great to like want to do better than our parents did. It's great to want to look at the research. It's great to like have all this information at our fingertips. But like we're going to make mistakes. Like you're going to do it wrong. Like like you're not always going to get it right. And like that's a really good thing for your kids to see because your kids need a human parent, not a perfect parent. And like you know, I think there's so much obsession about like messing up our kids and it's just like I don't know. Like we all get messed up. Like, you know, it's just how we get messed up. It's going to be different than how our parents messed us up. But to think that you're going to avoid messing up your kid in any way. Is setting yourself up for failure. Exactly. It's just not going to work. And some of the advice you hear when you first have a baby is that you should sleep while the baby sleeps. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, or other trash yeah. advice. Honestly, sleep while the baby sleeps is the mo- Don't ever say that to anyone. Like, am I going to eat when the baby eats? Probably not. Am I going to do laundry while the baby does laundry? Don't think I am. Like, that is just dumb advice. Um, so we're going to podcast while the baby sleeps. <laughs> yeah, this is podcast while the baby sleeps. Um, and basically, it's do whatever you want while your baby sleeps because your baby's sleeping and that's the only freaking minute you get to yourself. So if you want to go for a pedicure, I brought my daughter in the snuggly to get a pedicure for like the first I don't know. I feel like it was six months. I, she sat in the pedicure chair with me sleeping. I was like like breastfeeding in the pedicure chair. And it's just like do whatever you have to do to take care of yourself like when you have a baby. And yeah, when the baby sleeps, you get to do whatever you want, which is why I mean, my my two year old is not uh, sleeping right now. But uh, when I have time, it's the metaphor. When you have time away from your kids, you get to use the time however you want. And it is critical to have time away from your children and things that you do that are different than just being a mom. And I think it's so funny because, like, we're best friends, but I think we parent sometimes really similarly and sometimes really differently. I would have simply fallen out of my pedicure chair if I brought Allie with me anywhere. Like, that was, I was so afraid that she was not going to be a good sleeper. Like, sleep from day one, I was obsessed. Like, okay, I must put her in the pack and play. I must get her on a routine. Like, if you're a new mom and you're listening to this and you have a fresh baby, like, that's not, it's fine. You don't have to do that. Like, I wish you had a schedule. Like, you, Allie was Uh, on a schedule from day one. Like, it was incredible. It was, like, terrible. Well, she did well. Like, it worked well well for you It worked well for us. But also, I think I was just so scared. Like, the first... When I first was, like, holding her for one of her first naps at home, I remember my grandma saying to me, like, well, they say you can't spoil a baby, but you know. And it's like, no, I don't know. Like, it's my first time here. Like, literally, this is my first rodeo. I don't doing. So then I got so scared to hold her for naps and treated her like a tiny ticking time bomb and felt like I had – and so I did turn to, like, a big mom group that I'm in that's like, oh, my God. 
my daughter's five weeks old. I looked at the post last night because I was like, how unhinged was I? And it's like, my daughter's five weeks old. She's a terrible napper. I think I should spend $1,000 on a snoo. What does everybody think? <laughs> and half of them were like, oh my God, it's not too late for the snoo. You could totally do it. You should definitely buy a $1,000 bassinet that you're probably not going to fucking use. And then half of them were like, it's dumb. You don't need it. So, and I didn't end up getting it, but it's just like, it, it was no help, honestly. Um, but she was on such a schedule, which let me know when I could leave and do things while she slept, which was nice. But I definitely was not taking her anywhere and expecting her to sleep. Yeah. By contrast. Yeah. We, we had very different beginnings of motherhood. Um, and I was a single mom when my daughter was born and she slept with me. We co-slept. I know. Scandalous. I don't tell the mom's group about it. <laughs> I don't dare post, uh, in the mom's group about it, but yeah, the night I brought her home from the hospital, she slept in bed with me and my three dogs. Um, and she slept with me for probably six months um, just on my body and uh, worked really well. I took her everywhere with me. She pretty much was attached to my body for the first six months. I was definitely nervous because I was a single mom that I was creating this like dependency um, thing and, you know, People would like warn me, like once they're in your bed, they're never not going to be in their in yeah, your bed. Yeah, I said that. And, that was me. Well, <laughs> I mean, and and I, you know, again, it's like you you do you follow your gut, you like just you don't know. know. That's the thing. You you think you know, but you have you just don't until you get home. And, like, I yeah. co sleeping terrified me, and I could never do that when she was really little because I had uh, what I now know was definitely postpartum anxiety, but. It just would not like in the hospital. I was like, I have to watch her to make sure that she's breathing. Like, I just couldn't fathom her being in the bed with me. Also, they would not have let me if I tried. Um, but at home, no, she was in a bassinet like from the get go. But we didn't like the AAP says you're supposed to room share until they're, I think, six months old. Um, but Allie was out of our room and in a crib by the time she was five weeks old. Yeah, I remember we like came to visit and she was napping in like a whole other room by herself. I was like, I was like, oh my God. Like, okay, so by contrast, I think I started putting Lola in a crib. I think she was probably like seven or eight months old, but I did it. Like I was, I wasn't, cause again, I loved co-sleeping. I thought it was great. Um, I didn't think Lola was ever going to go in her crib. I didn't really either, but I was like, let me try it. Like, let me see if she's into it. She did really well. And you know, the irony is now she's not even two and she's out of the crib, out of a toddler bed. She's in a queen-size bed by herself. She's living her best life. <laughs> she is living her best life. And she loves alone time. Like, I go in to put her down to sleep, and she'll, like, tell me. She's like, go. She's like, I'm good. And she just, like, kind of hangs out. She, like, rolls around. She, like, settles with her animals. But she loves the independence. And, again, I, you know, I have never would have foreseen that she'd be in a queen size bed before the age of two and like totally independent, basically putting herself to sleep, especially because she shared a bed with me. But I guess if anyone's out there concerned that they're following their gut instinct and co-sleeping and worried about the long run, doesn't necessarily mean they're always going to be in your bed because she's in her own whole ass bed telling me to get out. So... And you know. Allie's still in a crib. I want to keep her in a crib till college, frankly, except for escaping <laughs> is terrifying to me. But there's no, she's fine in it. Just like, well, she'll hang out. She was like telling her unicorn stories this morning. Like, they're fine. They both had totally different experiences, but they're absolutely fine. And that's okay. Like, it's yeah. okay if someone doesn't do things the same as you. You know, the only thing I will say is like, make sure you're doing the safest thing possible at all times. Like, I probably wouldn't throw a comforter over the baby. Um, probably wouldn't do stuff like that. But, you know, or put um, 
there's always a huge debate about like putting bumpers in the crib on every mom. Group. I know. No, well, I had to put like crib railing pads on because oh, she was chewing it, right? Chewing like just like a straight beaver. Like there were like splinters. Like I was just like, okay, like uh. And in the beginning, like, too, like, her arm kept getting stuck in the crib. Very active child, in case you can't. Her foot keep kept getting stuck in the oh crib. But, I mean, God. bumpers are dangerous. We know that. So I, I didn't put those in. But I would just, like, watch the monitor and be like, oh, my God, is she going to figure it out? And then when she, when she could talk and she does it, she would go, oh, no foot. Oh, no foot. And that, But you, I, she figured it out. But I mean, there are definitely times I miss the crib. Don't get me wrong. Like, in the morning, what she does, too, she, she doesn't open her door. She knocks on her door. She's like, let me out. She's like, mama. It'd be like five in the morning. And, you know, I always go to her, I'm, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'd be cool maybe if she was a little <laughs> contained sometimes. She also found a marker the other day and drew all over the back of her door. Oh, so we don't have was... – we do not. I'm not ready for my marker era to yeah. start. So we only have the ones that color on the special paper. I have those, but then, you know, I have a partner who's an artist. So there's all these art supplies. Lola also has taken to, like, Everywhere she goes, she needs a pad of paper and pen. She's like a little Harriet the Spy, like recording everything. It's like really cute. But yeah, there's there's pen and stickers and markers over all over like everything I own now. And it's fine. I'm like, just come to terms with the fact that we will never have anything nice for <laughs> another 10 years. So you didn't sleep train her? Uh, I don't really know what sleep training is. I know there's like some cults out there. Okay, I have some cults in my notes. <laughs> so I don't, I didn't really have to sleep train Allie. She pretty much like did it after the first night. So I feel very lucky. But there's like um, taking care of babies, which is politically, not even politically. She's just annoying, honestly. But the thing I have with like sleep consultants on Instagram and like sleep training. I think it's super predatory. Like, there's a very fine line. Like, there's these women who are hinging on getting any good sleep. Like, their well-being depends on it. And there is people charging you money for courses of stuff they put on their Instagram for free because they know that you'll pay for it. I did it. I bought, like, Taking Care of Babies course when she was, like, five weeks old because I was like, I have a broken one. I need to fix the one that I got. And none of it worked. Like, the first thing they tell you to do is to take your baby and you put them like sideways so they're facing out and then you're supposed to rock them and shush them and sway them at the same time so you're like doing a disco with your outward facing baby shoving a pacifier in her mouth she had no interest she was like what are you doing to me um and it's basically just like fervor where you let them you soothe them for a little bit but then when they're old enough you let them cry it out there's that one um there's one I wrote it down. But so I follow all these people. And this one woman, she's like a sleep consultant. And she was sleep training someone else's baby while they went to Disney World. I can't even. In a closet. Imagine. The baby's in a closet. I'm not, I, I, I'm not I, making so that up. So many questions. <laughs> and then and there's the three-day sleep solution. Have you ever heard of this? This is a cult. It's no. not a cult. But it's very weird. So this woman believes that you need to put your baby to bed by six o'clock every night all the time for reference when your baby's like five weeks old they might not go to bed to like 11 o'clock really like there's no frame of this and you can let them cry for up to an hour before you go to them and then in the middle of the night if they cry you have to wait an hour again and you do this like baby boot camp for three days i think like four months is the youngest you could do it this woman's wild i cannot believe it there's that one 
That's insane. I mean, and I just feel like, I mean, look, all right, you know what? No judgment. You do what works for you. And if you have the time, if that feels like soothing, if that feels comforting for you, I guess go for it. But uh, I think there's just so much pressure, again, to like to do it the right way. And every mom is different. Every baby is different. Every house is different every, every room is every a, for the first couple weeks every night is different everything's you might different think, you know, the different and... smells in the room the different you know energies in the house different things you have going on like for me I, I you know I definitely as somebody like in my life before becoming a mom didn't have a very rigid routine like I just kind of wing a lot in life <laughs> but you know and again I feel very lucky that like I that in a way my approach worked with Lola there were times where I feel like I had to impose more of a structure, but I don't know. My experience is like it's getting harder. Like the earlier, earlier, earlier months were very easy for me. The first six months of motherhood for me were like blissful and so happy. Breastfeeding came very naturally for both of us. And like, again, sleep, we slept together very well. I mean, I can remember this is like, you know, delete if not allowed, but like, <laughs> I can remember like leaving her in my bed unattended to like toast a bagel real quick at 11 o'clock at night and like get back in and watch 30 Rock with her. For, like, Nothing would have set me off the months. edge more than that. I mean, I had a king size bed and it was against the wall and she wasn't moving very much. And like the kitchen's like two feet from my bedroom. But I'm just saying like I was very – we were very lucky. It was very easy. It was – I was very comfortable. And it was just me and her and the dogs. And yeah, I would say after the first year, I realized it was not going to be that easy. And I had to put some some more structure or boundaries, you know, in place for her. And I would say that this year, you know, she's about to be two now. I've learned a lot in terms of the importance of keeping to a routine. And like the nights where I've been like, it's fine. She could just come sleep with me. It's like a disaster. She doesn't sleep well. I don't sleep well. Like, it's not good. And so sometimes just really sticking to what she's used to really works, even though I'm trying to be like flexible or casual. It's really not in her best interest. But, you know, you adjust and what you think you would do in the beginning is sometimes different. Like there's things I said I would never do, like, you know, that now I'm doing again. I was so like, we're co-sleeping. That's what works for us. Like, I don't want her to be away from me. And then she loves her independence. And it turns out I do, too. You have to be responsive to that, too. Yeah. I mean, I was queen routine from the get. Like, I was following this. I, I was like, I need a schedule. I need to figure this out. Um, like, it didn't feel – I think, like, the first six months of motherhood for me were, like, paralyzing until I found, like, my footing and things. And then I was like, oh, this is a lot easier. Um, and I don't miss the newborn phase, and I hated it, and I thought I made a mistake. And, like, if mm -hmm. you think that, that's normal and that's fine. Don't feel ashamed about that. Um, but <laughs> I remember one time, like, you think that when you talk to your child when before you have one that it's always going to be like it'll be funny or cute or what and like it's sometimes it's not and I think she was like maybe six weeks old and I'm rocking her in her nursery and she just will not stop screaming and I just like it had been hours she's not hungry she won't sleep I'm tired and I like picked her up and put her in front of me. And I said, I don't like this. And I know you don't like this either, but we're stuck with each other and I'm the best thing you got. So we're going to have to just deal with it. Okay. <laughs> and then she just looked at me and she stopped crying and went to sleep. Aww. So like, did I ever think I was going to like <laughs> shake down my baby? No. <laughs> but like sometimes you just get there and like that's 
obviously, like, it's fine. It's fine to say how you feel and figure it out. And it might not be what you imagine. And that's fine. Like, sleep is really hard. Being a parent is really hard. But the sleep part, I think, is so hard because if no one in the house is sleeping, it is chaos. So you're like, I will try anything. I tried so many swaddles. The white noise. Does, does Lola sleep with white Yeah, we have a sound machine. She loves music. She really likes to go to sleep watching Coldplay music videos now. She's a teenager. <laughs> she really is. Um, but yeah, it can be any sound. I, I was not, I really did not understand swaddles um, at all. And it, like, Dude, a hospital was like I bought swaddles hell. to the hospital. That's... They were like, they were just, I mean, again, they'd be like, get some sleep, right? Like, everybody knows. It's like the irony, like, get some sleep. But then they're coming in every freaking two minutes. And they kept taking the baby out, swaddling her and putting her away from me. And I would just, like, go pick her up as soon as they left. And, you know, we just were, like, you know, hanging out in, in the bed together, in the hospital bed. Because you're not sleeping anyway. But, um... Yeah, no, I never really swaddled her. I mean, but some babies don't like it. I, I think did that's hold also... her, and like again, because we were breastfeeding, like I had her wrapped in my little bathrobe for like the first like couple months. It was like October when she was born, so it was when she was always cuddled up with me. But yeah, I was also just like very nervous personally. I didn't love the like containment of her limbs, and I really wanted her to like especially with breastfeeding, like using her arms to like, you know, nurse and um, just exploring her body. Like, I don't know. I just every time I saw I tried to swaddle, swaddled her, swaddle her or see her swaddled, I just kept thinking her movements being restricted. And so for me, I, I couldn't really get behind it. And I know that there's a lot of people who it works for and also that it makes sense, right? Like given the environment of the womb to the world that they're born into, it's such a startling you know, contrast, but um, I really wanted her to, like, have the bodily exploration that I was observing that I didn't think was possible with a swaddle, but maybe that came back to bite me because she started walking at, like, nine months old. I don't so. think that's a bad <laughs> I mean, we only, you're only supposed to swaddle when they're sleeping. I see some people have babies swaddled all the time, and I think that's hard and a lot if you're, like, again, you're just a little baby, like, trying to explore the world, but we swaddled her when she slept. I had like such a, it's just so funny how different we were, but it's such a routine. Like if she woke up in the middle of the night, like unswaddle, like change the diaper, feed her, but you save the last sip, like make sure the diaper's clean again, re-swaddle them. And then I would give her the last sip while she was swaddled and then like put her down like a tiny little bomb in oh, the bassinet. And then she would usually go to sleep. But tell you about babies is how loud they are when they sleep did you notice this the grunting the burping the farting the weird noises like just weird creaky baby noises so when she was sleeping in our room that's part of the reason why i moved her i could not sleep because every time mm -hmm. she'd be like i'd be like oh my god she's awake what are we gonna do like i could not get any rest and then i think like every little noise that we made woke her up too like we had i hate nothing more than white noise but because that's what everyone said to do that's what i put on and i hate it so i was also like get this out of my life but there's also a machine called the baby shusher did you have a baby shusher no don't buy this <laughs> this is a de-influencing campaign <laughs> mostly because so the baby shusher is great but it's a 20 minute timer so it only lasts 20 minutes so you have to get up and like recrank no. this thing it looks like a bop it to go for the 20 minutes you can buy the app for like four dollars and it just plays nonstop. okay so that's a hack yeah but 
anything and, and your baby might hate white noise and i'm sorry if that's your case but try cold play <laughs> if might i suggest cold play um but there's things that definitely like i think worked for us and things that were bullshit um and things that are bullshit are the following Tell me how you feel about any of these things. Dream feeds. Did you do a dream feed? I don't even. I like. I. I don't. I just. Whenever Lola wanted to nurse, we nurse. So the whole point. It's this is not like a feed on demand thing. This is like you want your baby to sleep through the night. You put them down and you give them like you're supposed to feed them kind of while they're still asleep, which sounds not like a good idea to me. Um, so that they'll be fuller longer and sleep through the night. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there was no way I was gonna take her out of a crib if she was sleeping and like oh. put food in her mouth. That no. That was that did not work. Yeah, sleep while podcast while the baby sleeps mean don't wake don't the baby, wake the baby up. up. And feed don't it wake while the baby sleeping. up. As long as you're, and I'm not a doctor, and this is not medical advice, but like don't wake your baby up if they're like past their birth weight. Well, if that's what works for you, <laughs> it's not working for you. If you think it's working for you, it's not. <laughs> Let that baby sleep because then you're not going to get any rest. I mean, try time. it. You're allowed to make mistakes. <laughs> I made them already. Don't do that. Um, you know what else is bullshit? Leaps. Did you have the Wonder Weeks? Oh, I so okay. So hot take. I know everyone hates um the Wonder Weeks app because hate. hate. You know, it like sets these like really kind of insane benchmarks that you're like looking at your kids' development like weird for because they're not clapping at eight, whatever stage, whatever. Sometimes your baby could be going through a leap. She's driving a car at 16 weeks. <laughs> it's very yeah, ridiculous. I definitely like didn't love that element of it. But what I liked about the Wonder Weeks app is that it would predict, it would tell you basically that your child is is likely to have um, like worse sleep while they're getting ready or after they've just gone through something big developmentally. Right. Like that while they're going through something, some major developmental change, like sleep is going to be off because they've just mastered a new skill or something. But and I felt like every it. time I would look and be like, oh, your baby's going to get shit sleep. Oh, baby's going to get shit sleep. Like it just oh, it like for me, if you have anxiety, don't get the Wonder Weeks app because it just kind of made it a little bit worse. And also like leaps aren't real. But it was very reassuring, though, for me, for that same reason. Like I'd be like. Am this I doing kid, something wrong? Right. I'd be just, like, this kid isn't yeah. sleeping. Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm following my gut and it worked yesterday. And then I'd be on the app and it'd be like, she's going through a leap. And I'd be like, oh, it's not me. It's not her. She's leaping. Like, it was like, I could just like blame. Frolicking like, oh, through the crib, growing. leaping around. So, I mean, yeah, we could probably just avoid the the app altogether and just tell yourself that when things don't go as planned, because inevitably they will. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that, like, even anything's changed, but that your baby is changing and growing every single day. And so they are doing things differently. And, you know, I mean, even now, right, like, we love yogurt for six weeks, and then I buy the same yogurt, and we're no longer interested in it. And it's like, okay, you know, the good, it's not the, good the yogurt's thing fault. And the bad thing is that everything is a phase. Exactly. Like, things are going great. Hold on, it's a phase. They might, they might change. Things are bad. It's okay. It will change. Like it's a phase. Like and it's, we have. She didn't really have that many sleep regressions. Like I know there's like a three month, a six month. I feel like every there could be like a seventeen point five month regression. No, I would always text you. I'd be like, is does something happen? I remember texting you too the other day, being like, do they like get like new teeth or something at this age? And mm-hmm. you're like two year old molars. And I was like, oh, like I'm so like out of the loop. But yeah, it's very helpful when people be like, 
oh, that's the 18-month regression. And the 18-month regression can start at 12 months or go And last till 36 months. Isn't that funny? Or like whatever. But And she has had some like sleep disruptions, but it honestly hasn't been that bad. She's been a pretty good sleeper. So there's a scientific ex- explanation for everything going wrong, um, which just is comforting because it doesn't mean that you're, you know, you have to just come up with new things on the fly. You have to make adjustments in real time. What works for you? What works for and your baby? And don't beat yourself up if something's not working or like if the thing that worked, like Allie had slept perfectly from like five months until she was the week she turned two years old. And I was like, I broke her. What did I do? She turned two and now I don't know what I'm doing. No, it lasted two weeks and it was done. Like teeth are also bullshit on my bullshit list. Teeth is there because teeth disrupt sleep in a way that is unfair and stupid and i also, hate illness like oh, i hate to say this like throws you you have kind of have to start over a little Lola bit will be like wiling out and i'll just be like oh my god it's the terrible twos and i'm like oh no she has 103 fever mm-hmm. thank god like i mean obviously I don't want my kid to be sick but like that's the reason she's being nuts like you know i'm like oh my god is it too much you know sugar is it too much screen time and it's like no the she's just got a cold like and Thank God. it really does like wreck their little worlds because they're so tiny. Like oh a God. cold to them is way different than it is to us. Also, PSA: Don't kiss babies. Thank you. What? Like if you're if it's not, if your, it's baby, not your baby, don't kiss it. If it's your baby, kiss it. If it's all your baby, kiss it. But um, <laughs> if it's not your baby, lips off. Thanks. But it's it's so it's so hard. Uh, also, when she was waking up early for a little bit, someone was like, "You should try an okay to wake clock." So like yeah, so not absolutely happen. not, absolutely not. First of all, our hatch broke, so hatch is also on my bullshit list. Wait, explain what this is because for some people, for this someone is a very bizarre know. concept. Okay. So the hatch is a device that is a noise machine, but also a nightlight, and you could change the color of it. You could do it all from your phone. You could change the sound it makes, turn it off and on, change the color, whatever. So like, I would change, I would turn it off. Or, like, turn it up or down from, like, my phone, depending on what was going on. And you could turn the light on. So when they're little, you can usually just turn the light on to, like, an orange or a red light so you could see and it's not that bright if you're doing, like, something in the middle of the night, right? But when they're older, you can change it so that, like, the light is red when they can't get up and it's yellow when it's almost. Or, like, you just do a green, like, it's white noise and red when they're sleeping or off. And then, like, it's green and playing chirping bird sounds when it's okay to get up and like the light lets them know that it's okay to get up like it's okay to be awake and if the light's not that color then it's not which like is a little bit abstract for a two-year-old i think i mean i do think she gets it um but our hatch broke because (laughs) it's an overrated piece of crap um you could just get a regular noise machine off amazon it's just fine um just don't put it like right next to your baby's head and you'll be good and I reset it thinking it might work and I brought it out the other day and I was like, okay. And I just turned the light on white and she said, no, and unplug- like tried to unplug it immediately. <laughs> she hated that. I was like, what if we turn to green? What if we make the birds fight? No, mommy, I don't like that. No, mommy, that's not good. So I was like, okay, so she's terrified of this light. So like that doesn't work. Um, that's a scam. That's on the bullshit scam. Yeah, list. yeah. I can I cannot imagine asking Lola. To- I mean, she can barely wait to like come down the stairs. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's not... I mean, but listen, I know it works for some people. They'll be like, oh, I just tell her, like, you have to wait till the light turns green and then mommy will come get you. Um, but unfortunately. That- no, but at, so at night, every night we say to her, because we have like an issue of her waking up. I make her, she could like repeat it after me now. Like, okay, if I wake, if you wake up in the middle of the night, what do you do? 
And she says, I grab my puppy and my binkies and I lay back down and go to sleep. And I always tell her, mommy always comes back for you. Me and daddy will come get you in the morning when it's time to wake up. So like she'll repeat that back to me and we know. Like that, going through that, I think was better for us. So if you're like, if the okay to wake clock is insane in your house, maybe try something like that um, and just keep doing it every night. And she'll if she tucks her little babies and she says it to them, I think so it's so cute. cute. Um that's what's worked for us. You ha- Sometimes you have to try seven different things because these kids are wild. They are. But like, I also think that like, yeah, when like knowing that there's going to be some routine you build, like there's just no telling. Like I say, try, try it all, but just don't be too attached to it. You know what I mean? I think that like, yes, you need to set up something that works for you, but you also need to make sure it works. You know, like it works for you because it works for your kid. Like, you know what I mean? What has like, to you work can't for your, your kid? Family, right? Family. If something's yes. working really well for your kid, but it's burning you at both ends, it's it's not working anymore. Right. Maybe we need to, and that's okay. Like I think we need to normalize that. Like motherhood is not suffering at the expense of your child all the time. Sometimes you're going to because sure. it's impossible. You can't be sick for them. You can't do things for them, right? But as far as like making routines that work for your family, like it's okay to change it up or try something new, like. We, things were not working for us for a while and then we found like the mom's on call book and they have like these schedules of like what what you should try to do and when your baby should nap or whatever and we tried that and it worked for us but if it hadn't I would have done something else and you know and for what it's worth it's like I think that information is really helpful like every once in a while again like having other moms or the moms group like seeing other people post and be like this is what working is working for us like that's so helpful. And and even if it's not what's working for you, I always felt like I'd like to know, you know, on average, what are other kids kind of when is their nap time? Like, is it normal? Like everybody showed, told me that like after a year, their their sleep consolidates and they'll take one longer nap in the middle of the day. And mm-hmm. it took us a couple months to get there. But that is totally where we are, obviously, now. Like she has one midday nap as opposed to the two naps that we used to be doing. Um, You know, and again, it was like always very loose. like. For us but um there there are some patterns that really emerge and again like I see that she thrives with with structure and routine there are nights where I'm like you know what let's just like skip the bath we're both tired and she does not go to sleep as well like she needs that and like um so yeah it's it's definitely forced me to to be more disciplined and structured and routined in my own life just because you know again I, the way that I chose to be like a mom like by myself when I was a single woman like I would eat dinner like I said 11 o'clock at night I toast a bagel you know what I mean and now I'm like wait like I remember when I stopped breastfeeding I was like wait I have to feed her like three times a day and that really means like 27 times a day like she just really doesn't stop eating no now. they it's never just, do like, it's snacks. snacks forever the snacks of it all also yeah. just have such a grip on you but like parenting with a partner even it's like we still like you lose part of that just becoming a parent you lose that like spontaneity like you can just do whatever you want and it comes back like it the window of time where they're not sleeping and you're trying to figure out and relative is so short and I remember being in the thick of it like how does anyone have a second child that sounded absolutely wild to me who would ever dare to do this again and one of my friends who had two like older children was like well when they start sleeping through the night you forget about it and like and you do and it's not there's light on the other side of it and it feels a lot better well I'm like stressed because I am currently 31 weeks pregnant (laughs) and uh it's just occurring to me that like you know if lola is banging on her door and screaming to come out of her room that that will now stand to disrupt the sleep she gotta crank that white noise second child crank it 
And, you know, again, you, I, what works really well for Lola and I might not work well for the second baby. And also our family is very different. I have a partner now and, you know, again, there's a, there's a big sister downstairs, you know, rocking and rolling. So, uh, it'll be a, a journey to see what sleep looks like with, with two. Be patient with yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm tired just thinking about it. And even Jay, he's like, so where will this baby sleep? I'm like, in bed with us. And he was like, um, okay. But if, if the baby doesn't sleep while in bed with you, would you put her in a bassinet? Or yeah, a no, I'm totally, I'm totally like, you know, again, my only comparison is Lola. It was so natural. It was so right. Um, but I'm totally, you know, going to set up a bassinet next to the bed and see what works for this baby. And Can I give you a mom-to-mom -mom suggestion? Please. Ba bassinets are a scam. Just you. <laughs> I, I don't know Big bassinet wants you to buy one. No, use a, the um, pack and play. I have the pack and play. I have some kind of side. I mean, that's the one thing when you have like your a first baby, I have a bedside sleeper too. Everything. So like, yeah, we'll just we'll see how it goes and play it by ear. Um, but yeah, there's just like another variable there where like it's not just another baby. It's another baby with a two year old sibling who's going to want to be very involved and present. I mean. Part of me thinks, are we going to end up like with Lola, like with everyone in our bed? Like, are we headed to a family bed again? I don't think so because Lola loves her independence. But I also know if the baby's upstairs with us, she might want to be near us. And, like, she might or she might be like, smell you later. I don't want yeah, anything no, to do and, with like, this. Yeah, no, and like it's so important to keep that routine for her and her bed, her room feels really safe and magical and everything. Like, I don't want to mess that up at all, but... I'm just I'm also just prepared that I cannot really be prepared for this and you can't be you can't be ready you're never like change you're never ready for or else it wouldn't be a change because it's yeah. disruptive so and like as as much as I think it's going to be similar I'm equally prepared for it to be opposite and I know the truth will probably be somewhere in between be in the middle. Do you know what I mean but I'm like maybe it'll be exactly the same or maybe it'll be completely maybe we can different. run the playbook that we know or maybe it's going to blow up our lives but I <laughs> I think the best thing you could do and like parenting or like when you're thinking about sleep or any like of these like buzz topics is just know that you don't know and be pretty open and be willing yeah. to change and that's like if you fuck it up that's fine we're yeah. all fucking it up a little bit right and be willing to make the mistake like, like you know just know that you're gonna make mistakes and that like your your kid is gonna be okay and like other people aren't gonna understand and no one else has to no other mom no you know, if you have a partner, be on the same page with your partner. But at the same time, like no one else has to freaking understand why you're doing the things you're doing because they're not you or your child. And you have to go like off that. Yeah. And find the support that works for you, whether that is a big mom group, whether that's you have a due date group that works for you. I got very fortunate that my due date group worked really well for me. Um, but I know some of them are very dramatic. But like, if that's the village is your family, the village is your friends, if it's something in between, get some kind of support. That will make the difference um, in anything you do, especially if you're not getting sleep. Someone to like hold the baby while you can take a shower or sleep while the baby does not sleep. That's fine, too. I love that. Sleep when your baby does not sleep. Let that's someone else hold your baby. Let someone else hold your baby. If you don't want to, that's fine. But like let let dad do it. Let yeah. let. Aunt There's Patty so many it. people that want to hold your baby. There's so many people that want to help you. And if someone comes to your house, give them a, something to do. Give yeah. them a task. That's fine. Um, you're going to make it. You're going to be okay. Aw. Well, 
that was a great first little well, intro to crash course in being a parent. Yeah, the, into um, delete if not allowed. And next episode, we're gonna do a meet the moms, so you can learn more about who our we path are. to parenthood and how we got yeah, here. Totally. All right. Until next time. That's actually pretty good. Thank you for listening to Delete If Not Allowed. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Delete If Not Allowed Pod and find us on Facebook as Delete If Not Allowed. We'd love if you'd send in your parenthood questions or hottest mom group drama to Delete If Not Allowed Pod at gmail.com. This podcast was hosted by Rachel Cook and Corey Santiago, produced by Megan Conroy, Rachel Cook, and Corey Santiago. Edited by Jesse Sander, music by Nate Sander. We'd like to thank our husbands, our daughters, and all the people who helped us along the way, however big or small. New episodes of Delete If Not Allowed drop every Wednesday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Delete If Not Allowed Pod or find us on Facebook as Delete If Not Allowed.